Hi, lifers. This is Heather Drew, and this is the Life in the Whirlwind podcast. I hope that none of you have to go to the bathroom (laughs) because I'm recording next to some water here today for a reason, for a specific reason, a thematic reason. But uh, today is, I'm recording on location in Vermont, and I'm on vacation camping my family and some friends and uh, this is pretty much one of my favorite places on earth south here Vermont and it's right on Lake Champlain and uh, I am watching boats go by and I'm watching children swim and I am sitting on these little hidden rocks in an alcove in on the beach up the path I thought I would bring a little sound to your to your day little nice relaxing sound effects so I'm literally sitting on some rocks uh, where the water is just coming up and splashing so you'll hear this the entire time and we might even talk about it who knows we'll see (laughs) so today is episode 33 and this episode is called home is now this I think is going to be the last the third and final episode on this topic of home. The last two episodes, episodes 31 and 32, were also on the topic of home. And I have gotten so many emails and comments and questions that have produced a lot of interesting fruit and conversations about this topic of home. And I just... We could probably say so much more about this, but I feel like this has really been a very fruitful time for all of us, for me included, to just be discussing these things uh, revolving around the concept of home. So if you have not listened to the first two episodes of these of this series, I guess you could call it, I would encourage you to go back and listen to those two first, because this third one is sort of the culminative and final episode on this concept. So um, one of the reasons that I chose to be in this somewhat noisy location during this episode is because nature reminds me that there are so many things that go on with or without us. We don't need to make them happen. We uh, sometimes forget to enjoy them we don't always pay attention to them for better or for worse and that seemed to really resonate with this concept today which is why I am sitting next to water (laughs) so the waves are a perfect example of this right it's the waves happen with or without us we don't do anything to make them happen or to control them And the tide rises and falls every day without us doing anything. And this morning, I was in my tent, sitting outside my tent, and I was sitting on this little chair, and a chickadee, chickadees, many chickadees, and many chipmunks were sitting outside eating these seeds that we put out on our steps. Uh, This natural life, 
is so full of things that go on with or without us. And another example of this is the breath. I think I've talked a lot about the breath on here enough for you to know how much I, you know, think about breathing and how this, this ordinary miracle type of thing. The breath is the only thing that we can either control or not control that's sort of automatic. It's either automatic or it can be controlled or, or restrained or um, constricted. So just like, you know, when you're drinking through a straw and you sort of squeeze the straw, you have to maybe suck a little harder or a little less liquid comes in or it's just more steady of a flow, something like that. The breath can also be controlled like that, but also think about how many, how many hours of your life you have spent breathing without even paying attention. You don't have to say, hey body, like breathe for me. And you don't have to say, hey heart, beat for me. You know, there are these things that just happen naturally with or without us. And, uh, the breath is an interesting one because you can sort of manipulate it slightly. It's very interesting. So that brings us back to my one of my favorite questions, which is, what are we paying attention to? This is one of these questions that I heard asked uh, by an interpersonal neurobiology specialist, um, a friend of mine, Kurt Thompson. And, you know... Another, the founder, you know, this father of interpersonal neurobiology, Dan Siegel, they ask these questions of what are we paying attention to? (laughs) A boat just went by and now the waves are quite vigorous. (laughs) I have no idea what this sounds like for you all, but there's water everywhere. It's very, it's, uh, it's enjoyable. It's delightful. Anyway, so what are we paying attention to? Another thing <laughs> with this question, what are we paying attention to? You know, like this is my point is that you can pay attention to the fact that there are chickadees and chipmunks eating seeds or you can pay attention to your phone or you can pay attention to you're breathing, or you can pay attention to an airplane that's flying overhead. When you're in traffic, what are you paying attention to? Are you paying attention to how annoyed you are? That's fairly common. Or are you paying attention to, you know, are you opening your window and looking out the window at whatever's happening in the meantime? while you're waiting in traffic because really what can you do there's nothing you know honking and like feeling impatient that's not going to accomplish a thing even though that's exactly what we do when we're in traffic we seem to subconsciously or like we sort of seem to imagine that we have the power to speed things up by being angry (laughs) about them but realistically speaking you know there's all these options for our attention and um home has to do with this concept. So we're going to come back to that in just a second. But um, 
I want you to think about this for a second. What do you pay attention to? So when you are, so one of, one pot, we sort of talked about this last week a little bit. The second part of this series, this three part home series is, uh, we talked about, um, the, you know, one listener was asking some questions about how do you live your life, not like leave your life and you find home at the same time. That's very, that's really hard. That's hard to do. And a lot of you responded in the sense of like, we could have gone a lot deeper last week and also it was really helpful. So I get that we could have, and I'm not really sure if I had the answers to these questions, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be, I could quit my day job. You know what I'm saying? These are, these are fairly epic questions that I think we're meant to sit with more than we are meant to answer. So keep that in mind as we proceed here. But what are you paying attention to? I have plenty of examples in my life where I get very wrapped up in the weather. I get very wrapped up in the stress of things or extreme feelings of fear and loneliness. And um, I mean, there have been times, I'm sure you have felt this, where you feel desperation even or a lack of hope and... That's very consuming and it does consume our attention quite easily. And even in that place, we have a choice of where we direct our attention, believe it or not. And just like we talked about last week, the fact that you can be conscious of something and that you can be aware of something means by definition that you are more powerful and knowing than it. And, you know, that's fairly, you know, that's a powerful truth that we don't, we don't live into very often. So building on that, another thing that happens with or without us, I think, is home, this experience of home. And what I mean, I, I still think some people might be confused, my fault, about what home is. I, I, you know, I can explain this probably until I'm blue in the face, but if you haven't experienced it, I can see why you might still be a little lost or feeling like you're not sure what it means. So I'm trying to, you know, think of ways for you all to experience this, even though you're listening to words that I'm saying, cognitive language on home, you need to experience it to know what I'm talking about to some degree, but all that to say, oh, there's the bell. Don't worry. I don't have to go yet. (laughs) <laughs> it's a warning bell for something different that I don't need to be there, be there for. It means lunches in an hour. Anyway, so uh, home to me, th- this is kind of how I'm defining home. I've said this a couple times. Like it's this being off duty. It's this refuge. It's the safety of something. And it's always and already... And it's, um, (laughs) it's, it's being beloved. It's, it's this love of the father that we talked about last week that many of us, unfortunately, haven't experienced maybe, but nonetheless, this is a reality. I think that another, I think it happens with or without us. I think we're born with some aspects of it. And if we do not direct our attention to it, I think it can be, 
it can make it hard to find home. And it can make it very easy to live away from home most of our lives and live in stress and chaos and fears and um, panic. (laughs) All these things. So um, when I say belonging, what I really mean is we belong to another. We belong to someone or someone's and they belong to us. And not only that, there's this sense of home. Uh, you know, this is what I'm talking about when I talk about belonging as a sense of home, that we belong to someone or something or someone's a community and they belong to us. And there's this important added layer that not only do we belong to each other, but we also jointly belong to something bigger than ourselves. I don't know what that is for you, and I don't know if you can even consider what that is, but there are probably a lot of examples. Even in the universal sense, like when we're talking about, you know, in the global sense, even just drawing your awareness to the fact that, uh, you know, if you, take, if you take your attention and use it as like a, like a guide, you can draw your attention to, you know, you can like close your eyes and draw your attention to the people who are directly near you. And then expand that out, like, then the people who are, you know, in the room and the people who are on the bus or whatever. And then the people who are in your life, your friends and family. And then the people who are in your city, people who are in your state, your country, your continent, your all this. And you can just keep expanding that. But you, we all belong to thing this thing that is bigger than ourselves which is there's a lot of things that are bigger than all of us like global things and universal things like gravity is (laughs) bigger than us and we sort of belong to it to some degree science uh love spirit uh there's so many things that god you know god (laughs) is really the ultimate thing that we belong to all of us jointly So consider that as we continue to talk about home. And maybe you even want to go back and listen to these other episodes again, thinking through that being home. And here's through all these emails that I've received and these conversations that I've had about these past episodes about home, the common thread of comments and questions seem to revolve around this. It sort of brings up this topic that we already are beloved we already belong to each other to god to each you know to ourselves to our whatever to lots of things Uh, and this is home but a lot of us still have quite a bit of becoming to do toward home So we are beloved, but we have to become the beloved as well. I'm going to take this opportunity to, again, for a third and probably not final time, plug this book by Henry Nouwen, The Life of the Beloved. It is very powerful if you're ready for this kind of read. Um, if, If it's not, 
your cup of tea, give it a couple years and come back to it. That's what happened to me, actually. I read it a long time ago. Someone gave it to me as a gift and said, this is an incredible book. I think this person was probably 15 years older than I am. Than I, well, yeah, than I am also. We're still aging at the same rate, I think. Um, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I do now, 15 years ago. And now when I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, I get it. I totally get it why this person gave this to me now. So anyway, taking that opportunity, he talks a lot about this. We don't just, we aren't just the beloved. We have to become the beloved to some degree. They're two different things. They're, they're entirely different to some degree. And here's the thing that's most important that I want to make clear in this episode is that we often confuse the order here. So the order being that we we are being and we are becoming the beloved. That we are being and becoming belonged belongers. <laughs> belongers. <laughs> That's like lifers. Lifers, belongers. <laughs> There's all these ridiculous words that emerge from this podcast. I'm waiting for someone to like make a t-shirt about these things or mug or something. <laughs> so if you ever do, please post it on a comments on the comment section of our of the website here. Please. Or email me at life in the whirlwind at gmail.com. So we often confuse the order. So we try to become with our behaviors safe, home, at peace off duty we try to we try to become these things with our behaviors but the problem is that they're full these efforts are really full of futile striving and from the story we talked about last week about these two brothers and the father's love the older brother really sinks this in for us right he he's always trying to strive toward his belovedness with his behaviors. So perhaps one of the things that makes us makes it hardest to be at home, to be at peace, to be beloved, to sort of own that identity is that we get these two things out of order, being and becoming. So how do we, how, let's talk about that. How do we get them back in order? What does it mean for them to be out of order? And how do we get them back in order? So uh, my husband, Alan, said this last week. And it was like, ugh, it was just like, bling. It was like this light bulb came on for me. And I just love this. Uh, so you might hear this again, but I'm kind of playing this idea. But Jesus, <laughs> he said something like this. Jesus doesn't invite his disciples to his school of theology. He invites them to come follow him. And then he sets up a classroom wherever they are. It's like he's constantly using life as practice. So when I sit on the rocks and you hear the waves going by, it's different than if I were sitting in like a quiet room and I was saying, hey, guess what, guys? The waves, imagine those in your mind. Wa the waves happen with or without you. 
it's very different, right? It's sort of like using life as practice. That's what Jesus does. So in many settings, Jesus is saying things like, look at the birds. He's saying, he's trying, he's not just saying, don't worry. Don't worry about your life, by the way. He's saying, he literally sets up a classroom in the moment. He uses elements. He uses real life things. He points to them. He's outside in in the outdoor classroom, the classroom without walls. And he says, hey, look at these birds right here. They don't worry. They don't freak out about their next meal like here here look at these chickadees look at these chipmunks they're just eating these seeds and they're just peaceful they're just relax well they're they're a little they're a little hoarders they're kind of hoarders but (laughs) the point is it is it's true they're not yelling and screaming that they don't they just go find the seeds they just move about their life and they go look for them and you know he says like one of the other things that um you know, David Benner, who I talk about a lot, by the way, he has a book called Human Being and Becoming. This is not a coincidence that I'm using this topic. Uh, I've read that book. It's really good. It's very interesting. And it talks about this a lot in a lot of different ways. But one of the things David Benner says is a tulip never wonders about what it is. A tulip is never like self-introspective, like what is tulip? You know, (laughs) like what is dog? We've always, like in philosophy classes in college, I remember my philosophy professor saying, a dog's never sitting there thinking like, what is dog? So, you know, there's a lot of this. There's a lot of this like natural work that Jesus is setting up for people. And, you know, there's a one time where he's talking about children belonging in the kingdom, like that there's a simplicity and an importance to the faith of children because they just trust without overanalyzing. And he has a child sitting on his lap as he's talking about this. So he just literally sets it right up. All this to say, why am I saying this? It's because we have to use our life (laughs) to teach us these things. We cannot just talk about them. So yes, I put this all out in a podcast, but please remember that you have to experience these things. You have to... Feel them in your body, feel them in your brain, feel them in your mind, feel them in your spirit. Experience them, like really have practice with them in order for them to make sense to you. Um, But also it helps us reorder them. We can't just willpower our way into reordering our lives. It's not possible and it's not fair to expect that of you, of yourself. So please give yourself compassion and move toward experiences that reorder these things for you, this being and becoming. So we often try to become before we realize that we are. So um, unfortunately, there is a reality, at least in my experience, I think that some of you might agree with this. Some of you might have experienced this in your life. Unfortunately, there is a reality that religious any community really, but let's just talk about religious and faith communities right now because they're the ones who are meant to give us hope and we expect to sort of uh, be communities of belonging. But there's this reality that's unfortunately true. I didn't make this up. Someone else said this somewhere. I'm sorry, I couldn't find the source. But, um, you know, usually, oftentimes, unfortunately, 
there is this order of belonging in religious and faith communities, which is first you have to believe and then you have to behave and then you belong. First you believe, first you have to believe. So get your doctrine right, get your truth right, get your, you know, get your theology right. And then you have to behave. You got to get yourself in order and then you belong. I would say even then, first of all, the first two are so impossible to master that you'll never belong. In that setting, in that system, you will never belong. I'm being a little intense right now. I'm getting a little fired up because I've seen this at work and I've seen a lot of people get hurt by this and I just don't, I've never seen it work because you, you can't ever master believing and behaving. <laughs> it's just not possible. It's why we're in process. There's, ugh, yeah, anyway. I'm going to stop there. I can go on a tangent here, so I'm not going to. But here's the, here's the order that, that God offers. God, the creator of you. God, the creator of these waves, which are furiously slapping themselves on rocks. God, the holder and sustainer. God, the beginner and the ender of all things. This is his order, I think. Or it seems a little more accurate, at least. First, you belong. Think about Jesus. Like, think about even his disciples. Think about those who the society calls sinners, those who society rejects, the outliers. Um, he says they belong. That's like where he starts. That's how he, where he begins with people, is that they belong. So first, you belong. Then, you're invited to believe. Because the belonging gives you an experience of something. And then you believe it because you're like, we're experiential beings. And so we need, to be- we need to experience them to believe them. And then we become this thing that we always were, which is beloved and held and loved and valued, valuable good you know I say all these things I, I, I met a, a few of my podcast listeners were in my class that my course that I taught last weekend and hi out there you're listening maybe um, you know who you are but um, we talked a lot about this that there's this sense of um, I lost my train of thought completely, completely when I said hello. Oh my goodness gracious. Okay. Well, I don't know what I was saying. I'm sure you'll, if it was important, it'll come back. But here's this order of belonging and believing and becoming. We cannot just be told something. We have to experience it to believe it. Okay. Sometimes when we've been wounded by religious communities And maybe this is you, and maybe this is why it's so hard for you to believe this stuff about home. Or maybe you just never have felt that sense of belonging before. Or maybe it's very rare or foreign to you. And maybe it's not religious communities. Maybe it's just anything, like parents, family, friends. I don't know what it is for you. But here's the thing. 
I think sometimes when we don't have this experience, we get really angry that no one's given it to us. Like we get sort of on our high horse. I do, certainly. Like I am I am first to say that I will I do this sometimes, you know, like I am a very vulnerable, open person and I in the past I hope I'm growing out of this. I really hope I am. I pray that I am, but I used to sort of be like Oh, well, openness is better than closeness. And if you're not open, then you're not as good of a person. <laughs> that's so Like, I'm laughing because that's so ridiculous. It's so insane. And also what it does is it, it's just the, a different side of the same exact coin of, like, there being this in and out to the world. Like, there's the insiders and the outsiders. And I'm just creating a whole new inside and outside. I'm just flipping the tables so that I can feel good about myself. That's stupid. Anyway, sorry. <sighs> not stupid, just needs growth. So I'm working on that. That's what I'm working on. I think I'm growing in that. I actually don't feel judgmental toward people anymore in that way. So it's great. Hooray. Growth. But all that to say, sometimes I think when we haven't experienced this, we just, instead of sort of internalizing that and recognizing it, acknowledging, oh, I've never had this experience before. And so that's why I feel so confused when I try to think of what home might be. And instead we just say, well, it's their fault. This community should have made me feel at home and they didn't. So may I offer a suggestion? We need to start with ourselves. This home business starts with me. It starts with you. How, here's a question that I maybe would offer to you. Maybe asking yourself this question. How can I offer this person in front of me, whoever it is, whether I like them, whether I feel they've hurt me or not? How can I offer this person a story of belonging, even if and when they have not done that for me? And let me tell you, I'm saying this from a lot of sweat and blood and tears experience of this. I've tried this. I was challenged to do this and try this, and I did. And it was extremely painful and very challenging. And it was utterly transformative. I have never, I can say, in, in my current number of years alive, I've never experienced something as transformative as that, as going first, as what I experienced when I decided to go first. And not wait for someone else to give me an experience of belonging. But to try to offer that to someone else. Um, And to try to offer... (laughs) We had another boat go by. Try to offer a story of beloved to another first. It's transformative. So I I invite you to try that. Speaking of invitation... Here's my invitation to you today. In what way might you draw your attention regularly? Not just like once or twice, but remember this is a practice. It's got to get in your your bones. And that's the only way to do it is to repeat it over and over. What might you do to regularly practice drawing your attention this week to the correct order of this business, this home business? 
what could you do to realize and draw your attention to the correct order of first we are and then we become and then it doesn't just end with and it doesn't end with being it it begins with being and then we have to sort of become into it we have to grow into our identity of being beloved of being home through practice through experience and through blood sweat and tears sometimes start with you how can you even offer yourself this is a different kind of start with you how can you even offer yourself or at least surrender yourself to the story that has been already given to you that you have this story of belonging already it's already been given to you by god um it's powerful and when we surrender when you surrender to that how can you more deeply become that once you've surrendered to the being and just become into it (laughs) this sounds like just words when I hear myself saying this you're probably like what is she talking about (laughs) I don't know I don't know how to explain it other than the way I'm trying to explain it if you think of a better way please tell me and email me and let's I will have you on this podcast (laughs) if you and I can think of a better way of describing this so here is my blessing to you and this is about a one to two minute blessing because there's a story because how how better to enter into this than a story um so my daughter the shrimp daughter (laughs) that's not her name uh my daughter violet who you've heard on this podcast before she opened up one of my episodes once um but i a couple a few episodes ago like a month ago i did an episode where i talked about her teaching her to open up to peel a shrimp right my daughter Violet she is full of curiosity and questions which I love so two or three nights ago we were lying in bed putting I was putting her to bed and we were snuggling in her bed and she just leaned over and quietly whispers to me mommy when was my first hug (laughs) I reveled for a moment because that was a dear sweet question And I said, well, the minute you were born, I grabbed you up, I snatched you up in my arms, and I gave you a hug. So your first hug was immediately after you were born. And she loved that. She loved that answer, of course. But isn't that a picture? Um, My friend Kurt Thompson that I was just mentioning earlier in this episode, he says... All of us, from the moment we are born, we are looking for someone who is looking for us. We are born with this desire to belong to someone. We are born from the second we leave our mother's womb, maybe earlier, I can't prove this, but from the second we are born, we have this desire to belong and be loved to have someone longing for us and we're looking for the longing we're looking for somebody else's longing for us so you are looking for someone who's looking for you all the time whether you know it or not God is always looking for you like a mother looks for its newborn baby to snatch it up and hold hold the baby in her arms You are held and you are treasured. 
and you are longed for most deeply, all of you. So may you become, you already are that, but may you become into that true story of you a little more each day. Take great care of yourselves. I'm going to go take a walk on the rocks. Thanks for joining me today on this lovely beach. Have a great week.